Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory, Lord. We appreciate you. We magnify you. Blessed be your name, O Lord. We celebrate your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for another time again in your presence. We appreciate you for the privilege of feasting at your table all these days. We give you thanks and glory. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Salvation. 
that would have begun this study in to Jesus. And I advise you, I encourage you to go listen to what we've done from the beginning, Amen to Jesus. Alright, so from previous lessons, we began and we'll continue to learn about our part to play in salvation. Now, from the beginning, we began with God's part to play in salvation. We understood grace, we understood faith, we understood revelation faith, and we understood uh, sexual faith, good and everything. Go we'll listen to the teachings and then you get blessed. Amen to Jesus. Now we started up yesterday looking at our own past to play. And God has played this part. God is a constant. The only person that is invariably in this transaction of redemption is man. Amen to Jesus. So we looking at our past to play. Amen to Jesus. Alright, the reason for this is that God has made salvation available, but we have the work to do what? To receive it. And receiving is work. Amen to Jesus. Even when man like and fell from heaven, they still have to go pick it up. Amen to Jesus. Now, without our work, all of God's work will be futile in our lives. Amen to Jesus. Um, um, the, the, the Bible says uh, that the world did not profit some of them because they didn't mix it with faith. God has done his part, but if we don't do our part, God's work will be futile in our life. And then the end will say, uh, It's not working. It's actually working, but we are not doing your part. When we do our part, it works. In fact, it was working before we did our part. It will keep working if we don't do our part of that. Now, what makes it work in our life is when we do our own part. Praise God forevermore. Now, God does not depend on us for his world to work. He depends on himself. Amen to Jesus. So, it's important to play our part. Now, so, if we don't if we don't work it out, if we don't receive the work of God will put time in our life. We see this truth in the book of James. Let's go to James chapter 2. We read verse 17, 18, 20 to 26. This is the King James Version. Uh, and I'm not also using easy English translation, but we have quite a lot to say today. Amen. So I'm just going to use the King James Version. You can try to use the easy English translation. It's going to help you a great deal also. Amen. It says, Even so, faith, if it had not worked, it is dead, being alone. Here a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. Now show thee thy faith that thy works. But without no own faith man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. You see? He says, see how faith works with his words. So faith had to walk through his words. Faith had to walk through his words. And it was actually by his words that his faith was done what? Was made perfect. So um, the faith of God in us is made perfect by our response with our work. Amen to Jesus. For I says, and the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called a friend. Of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Not by faith only. Now it makes us yes, making us understand that we are justified by faith, yes, but not faith only. It's a place of works. Amen to Jesus. You don't totally remove work from it. Are we together? Alright, says likewise also was God bring out the hand of justified by works. When she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Are we together? So faith 
without works is dead. So actually, faith needs work to work. Are we together? Now that's why when you act in faith, you're actually walking out of faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you, for example, you want to, you're believing God for healing and pray, you're having a pain in the leg. The next thing you have to do is walk step on the leg. Amen. If you don't walk out in faith, the faith won't work. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. But so we understood that we understand that salvation is given by God's grace, extended by his faith, received by our faith, and appropriated by our works. Salvation is given by God's grace, extended by God's faith, received by our faith, and appropriated by our works. Are we together? Now, let's look at scriptures to just explain this um, uh, what we just said now. John 3 16 says, For God said of the world, and he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here we can see God. Amen. And God here yeah, speaks of God, God's part. And you get what I'm saying? It speaks of God's part. It speaks of God. And then love here yeah, is God's work. Are we together? God works love. His work in salvation was the work of love. Amen to Jesus. And then um, you can see. God in the whole picture here and God's work here. And you get what I'm saying. Now, but there is a part here that comes that says, Whosoever believes, believing is man's work. Are you getting me? It's man's work. So, God gives, He works, but we also have our work to do. Praise the Lord forevermore. And then look at um, Romans 10, verse 10 says, For we have not believed unto salvation. I will about confession is that we have not believed unto righteousness, sorry, and the man's confession is made unto salvation. Now we can see heart here. Amen to Jesus. I've discovered in the earlier lessons that the heart here actually means the soul against the spirit. And there's an emphasis on the soul. So here we see central faith involved. Amen to Jesus. We see man's faith with the heart man believes. This is now where man's work actually you know begins. Believing is man's work. And then it says with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's where you start working it out. Amen. Confession is work. Are you getting what I'm saying? Confession is work. Declaration is work. Amen to Jesus. Um, um, some of the times in the course of confessing, if you are not careful, you may even begin to doubt what you confess. But you keep confessing. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so serving God is given by God's grace, but it's activated um, um, by God's faith and man's work. I get what I'm saying. It's given by God's grace, it's activated by God's faith and man's work. So if you remove man's work from the picture, salvation has been given, but it can't be appropriated in the life of man. Praise the Lord forevermore. And this is what also happens in every aspect of our work with God. The faith you needed for salvation, amen to Jesus, and to, to believe God, and then God gives you the measure of faith. Once you start, once you have measure of faith, the same measure of faith that was used for salvation. Can be used to do great things. That's why Jesus was speaking. He said, If your faith can be as small as a pastor's seed, they can also understand the power of even the measure of faith. But you know, as we keep going on, the measure of faith begins to grow into great faith. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? But the measure of faith is still more than enough to move mountains. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. That's why I said that when you get money, you see that you're on fire. You can do great things at that point. You can take wild steps. It's called, the God is sin, but actually it's not sin. It's, it's the measure of faith that is working there. We use that word sinful, but it's not truly sinful. That that the measure of faith is wild. But as we keep growing in, in, in our work with God, some of us 
experiences begin to make us um, put a covering over the measure of faith, and then we cannot maximize it any longer. Amen. So the measure of faith can move any mountain. Imagine when it now keeps going. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Okay. All right. Now, so uh, this, this is why we, we serve God as our work in the transaction of salvation. And this we must do in the way prescribed by God. So we see that since we have the work to do, we have to serve God as our work in salvation. You can't be saved and not serve. No. You can't be saved. If you want to be saved, you know the funny thing? People want to get to heaven. Why don't we be eyeglass? Are we together? Even in the new heaven and the new earth, the new Jerusalem, why don't we be eyeglass? Why don't we be busy? So service goes from time to eternity. Why don't you rehearse service now? Are you not saying? Actually, time is a rehearsal for eternity. People that have not learned to actually serve God well in time, um, it, it will be by the supernatural work in time. We begin to serve God in eternity. Amen. To them. So actually, we are rehearsing. And we are teaching the world, we are working, we are studying the word of God. Then by that time, we will not be teaching the word because the word will be revealed to us. Amen to Jesus. But we are still going to be working. We are going to be serving. And so you learn how to serve. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, Wherefore we receive the kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, so how are we to serve God? But to serve God acceptably. Yes, we've been accepted in the Lord. And since we've been accepted in the Lord, we have to serve God acceptably as those accepted in the Lord. Now, it's, it's, it's a babel, it's confusion for you to be accepted in the Lord and not serve God acceptably. And that's one of the challenges that the, the many, many Christians are having. We are all being accepted in the Lord and we are not serving God acceptably. It means we are not maximizing our acceptance. The Christian life is a beautiful and blessed life. The beauty of the Christian life is when we maximize everything that God has given us. I get what I'm saying. I'm trusting God to teach God's word more this year. That is already helping me. Amen. Because if God has deposited so much in us, why should we use so little? Are you getting me? Uh, the word hamatia is a Greek word for sin, and it simply means to miss the mark. So if you miss the mark one point below, or you miss the mark ten points below, you are both miss the mark. Are <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you are not if you have been accepted, we have been accepted. It's only normal, that is what normal to serve God acceptably. It's abnormal to not serve God acceptably. I get what I'm saying. It's abnormal. It's actually abnormal. Are you getting it? And I think it's time that the Christians begin to look at this thing as an abnormal thing. Are you getting it? We have to start looking at this as an abnormal thing. To not send God as a wish. That's not an abnormal thing. The, the end of the study, I think, the better for us. Praise God forevermore. Alright, so you send God accepted with what? How do you send God accepted with two things? Reverence. And God be fear. Those are the two ways we serve God acceptably. Reverence and Godly fear. We've started off on reverence. We'll get into Godly fear. We're going to be joining on reverence. Praise God forevermore. All right. Uh, in this study, we'll continue to know, continue on how to serve God with reverence. Amen to Jesus. Which is uh, uh, basically, we, we understood quite uh, three definitions of reverence yesterday. 
uh, uh, reverence actually means respect, and uh, we understood that uh, reverence God, sorry, reverence God by about respecting, regarding, and honoring Him. We did that yesterday, and uh, with the time of our three, we can go by it. And number two is living a modest life. Living a modest life. And that's what I'm going to be going on today. And then number three is having a sense of shame to do it. This one is a serious one. I pray the Lord to help us on this one because it's a very serious one. You see that a lot of Christians are not more ashamed to do it. You know, they think it as a normal life. It's a normal life to, 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 to do evil. I've had my fair share of experience. I remember a uh, pastor was talking with uh, somebody, and I said that there was somebody who was actually doing some terrible, evil things to us. And a uh, pastor told me to the person, said, This person is like, actually a pastor. And the person was like, Are you kidding me? Are you not saying? Because somehow it's like a shocker to know that a pastor is actually doing this. Are you not saying? Now we see pastors sweet pastors to court, a pastor hurting a fellow pastor. Evil has become a law that they are not ashamed to do it. I hear them say, you see Christians, they, they pay their fellow Christians with evil. Somebody gives you an assistance, he gives you a loan, and you say, I'm going to torture you, you repay the loan. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody helps you, and you say, I'm going to torture you in return. Now, it, when, when, when people have no sense, you know, of shame for evil is a serious thing. And we're going to be looking at that. But that's not what I'm going to do today. Today we're going to be studying the second aspect, which is which is modesty. Modesty. Which is modesty. Amen to Jesus. You know, so where serving God with reverence simply means serving God with what? Um, modesty. Amen to Jesus. Serving God with modesty. That is serving God and um, living a modest life. Now this means that we serve God with reverence when we live a modest life. When we live what? A modest life. This is the truth, despite our married opinions. Now, we have so many opinions today. Uh, the church is, is so opinionistic that we no longer have what is called a central truth. But the truth remains that there is still central truth. You get what I'm saying? Whether your opinion accepts it or not, it's still a central truth. Now, the fact that we disagree does not mean that the truth is not the truth. Okay. You get what I'm saying? The fact that you might have pointed out a truth for yourself doesn't mean that that is still the truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? One thing about the truth is that it has each time. Amen. So, um, um, modesty is a way of, of reverencing God. It's a way of serving God with reverence. Whether we accept it or not. So the issue of modesty is highly debated in the Church of Jesus. When I mean highly debated, it's highly, highly debated. Amen to Jesus. Alright, what is, what is modesty? What is modesty? Um, uh, the Maramessa Dictionary defines modest as one, not too proud or confident about yourself or your abilities. That's to say, not showing or feeling great or excessive pride. Are you getting me? And then um, it also means arising from, from or characteristic of a modest nature. And then another definition that is important to us here is of clothing. Of clothing, not showing too much of a person's body. Are you hearing that? Of clothing, not showing too much of a person's body. It's also uh, 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 by, uh, it further goes on to explain this by, by saying, observing the priorities of dressing and behavior. That is a decent. Amen to Jesus. 
All right. So, what word that explains all of this that I just said is moderation. Moderation. And this is where the church is having a lot of issues. Moderation is a serious issue in church, in the church of Jesus. In fact, everybody has their definition for moderation. Everybody has their definition for moderation. But the truth is that moderation still has its definition. You may have a definition. <laughs> we may have a valid definition of moderation, but it doesn't change the definition of moderation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so what is a modest life? Because serving God with reverence is simply living a modest life. I think that many people would like to hear this kind of things, but that's the truth. One of the problems the church has had today is excesses. Excesses. Except we don't know how to continue our excesses. Excesses. We don't know what moderation means. There is what even some very bad excesses. Are you what I'm saying? Why do you have to show some things? Why do you have to, you know, I was talking to my father, my political father, was, and I, I told him, see, I, I believe in moderation in dressing. Uh, moderation, uh, I don't like, I don't like allowing. Even in my life, I don't like people that are loud. I believe in moderation, being very moderate. Now, the truth is that, and he told me something, he said, Oh, his pastor said that he, he, can, he can never dress flamboyant as many other pastors dress. The truth is that when you're even moderate, you save yourself some battles. Are you getting what I'm saying? You save yourself some battles. You remove some eyes from you. Are you getting me? All right, so what is a modest life? What's a modest life? From the Miramix, um, um, on the Merrick Dictionary uh, definition, modesty covers two areas, which are number one, internal, internal. That is what character and mindset. And number two, external, appearance, hairdressing. I get what I'm saying. So moderation covers these two areas. You cannot remove one area and still be modest. Are you getting what I'm saying? Say, so, okay, I remove internal. I see that's the problem with the church. That's where hypocrisy comes in. Some of them they remove internal or they put external. I'll give you an example. One day I was uh, traveling on a journey and there was a lady seated by my side, and then I was you know still uh, worshiping with um, a denomination. And she asked me, What denomination do you attend? And I told her. I said, mm, not denomination, uh, they are not really very holy. And I'm like, wow, serious. So why are they not holy? They wear trousers. Like, oh, wow, serious. And I asked her, What denomination do you worship in? And she told me the denomination. And that is the denomination that I don't want to go further. Amen. I won't know more than that. And believe me, the person that was condemning the denomination that I was worshiping with, she was actually wearing trousers. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Now, so you see, for her, it's dressing that defines holiness. Not the internal person, and I've met some others in that generation that when you see them, they have this kind of poise, this kind of quiet and humble look. It looks like they are humble, but man, inside is a wild, arrogant, pride, proud person. I've met the regular thing. Now, so this kind of people, what happens is that they have separated internal modesty from what. External modesty, and they have chosen the one they want. For them, it's external modesty that is modesty. 
Internal policy is not honesty. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why for some others, they tell you God looks at the heart, not the body. So they can wear any anything at all. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so for them, they separated internal modesty from external modesty. So for them, and they have chosen internal over external. Well, I'll tell you the truth. When we're talking about serving God in uh, serving God with reverence, we're talking about serving God with modesty. And it's talking about holistic modesty, which is what? Both internal and external. Internal has to do with character and mindset. External has to be appearance, be addressing. And if you choose one and drop the other, you will end up being a hypocrite. And as I say, a lot of hypocrites in the church because they have refused to take the holistic idea, the holistic truth of modesty. Are you getting me? And that's why you have a lot of hypocrites. But when you take the holistic truth of modesty, you cannot be hypocritical. Are you getting me? Praise God forevermore. Alright, so a modest life is one that is lived in a way that makes you, number one, not too proud or confident about yourself or your abilities, not showing or feeling great or excessive pride. Now, so the first thing about a modest life is that it makes you not too proud uh, and not confident about yourself or not too confident about yourself. Now, you use the word not to hear because there should be some level of confidence. Yourself, are you getting what I'm saying? And it is the word not too proud because there should be some level of self pride. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not dangerous, not unhealthy self pride, but some level of self pride and some level of self confidence. Because even without your self confidence into level, God's confidence cannot even flow through you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God for the So you need a little, a little level of self confidence and some self pride. Amen to Jesus. And um, it says, not showing or feeling great or excessive pride. Now, it says, not too proud or confident. Not too. But now, it goes to say, not showing or feeling great or excessive pride. So, now, when it comes to great and excessive pride, you should not show it at all. Neither should you feel it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't, don't feel it. Don't show it. Praise God forevermore. Now, preserving God with reverence means that. We have little to no pride in ourselves, in our abilities and experiences. Are we together? But we have excessive pride and confidence in God. Now, the reason for this is that we are very loose. Man, since the fall of Adam became very much of a variable, our experiences are also variables. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, because your experience of today may not, it may be helpful for tomorrow, but it may not be uh, in a round peg in a round hole tomorrow. That, that's the reason why most of the times we just learn from experiences, but we don't hold on to them. Why? Because you may encounter similar situation tomorrow, but the experience you had yesterday may not actually fit into that. Because the individual may be different. Are you getting me? And that's why we don't trust in experiences. That's why our lives are not led and fine-tuned by experiences. Are you getting me? That's why we just have little confidence in them. We don't trust totally in ourselves because we can shock ourselves. Are you getting what I'm saying? We can actually shock ourselves. 
Um, some of us never knew we could do some things until we get into some situations. Are you getting me? And so that's why you don't have absolute and excessive trust in yourself. You don't have absolute and excessive pride in yourself. Praise God forevermore. Now, because what you may have today, you may not have it tomorrow. Are you getting me? So you don't have excessive pride in yourself. Praise the Lord forevermore. The only pride we can have in ourselves is in our weaknesses. That's a shock example. That's the only you don't even pride in your strength. Are you getting me? You don't pride in your experience. You have only pride in your weaknesses. Amen. And, and uh, 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 these weaknesses, they are so little. You know, they are actually we don't want to show our weakness. The average human does not want to reveal his weakness. The average human wants to hide his weakness. Are you getting me? Yes, we all want to hide our weakness. We, we want, especially for those who have maybe have been trained a lot, and the, the only way you have to survive is by raising up and being strong. So you discover that over time we learn to hide weaknesses. Are you getting me? So weakness is not what anyone is meant to glory. It's not what they're meant to be proud of. No, no, it's not what they're meant to be proud of. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen to Jesus. It's not what they're meant to tell people. Are you getting me? But that's actually what we are meant to glory. Are we together? And the reason we do that is that for that the power of Christ may rest upon us. That's why we rest in that way. We glory in our weaknesses. But if we don't glory in our weaknesses, we, as it were, we revealed our weaknesses to Christ so that his power can rest in our, upon us. Now, the truth is, but that says, if you uh, in, 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 uh, combine his sin, it will not shall not prosper. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, if you hide your weakness from yourself, some from people, let me start with you because you can't try to deceive yourself. Well, some people have become professionals and deceiving themselves. Anyway. Amen. If you hide your weakness from people who successfully do that, you manage to hide it from yourself, which is pretty practically impossible. Now, I don't think you think you are, I don't think you should hide it from God. Hiding it from God becomes a problem. Are you going to say? We pride in our weakness, we grow in our weakness by revealing it to God. God, this is this is what I'm going through. This is what my challenge is. Lord, this is what it is. Now, by revealing it to God, you are actually exchanging your weakness for his strength. Praise God forevermore. So we pride in our weaknesses while the excessive pride we should have is in God. We pride little in our weaknesses by revealing them to God. God I'm before you. I'm bare and naked. I'm empty. I'm helpless. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm helpless. Lord, help me. You pride, we pride in our wicked weaknesses, revealing it totally to God. Amen. But we do what? We have excessive, excessive, excessive pride, pride in God. And this is what Paul the Apostle did. Um, and he admonished us to do the same. And we must do that. That's an act of reverence to God. Let me say it like this. Let me say, Lord, where can I hide before you? He says, if I go to the heaven, you are there. If I go to, if I stay on the earth, you are there. If I don't go to show Lord, that in the earth, you are there. How can I hide in the presence? And he said, Lord, he said, Lord, you know my ways, you know my inner parts. Even when I was doing for my brothers, those kind of prayers, sometimes, you know, sometimes we feel that we have become so spiritually 
gigantic that we don't need those kind of prayers again. But I tell you, those prayers, the higher you go in your spiritual, the higher you, the, the more you mature, as you say, the more you should be able to expose yourself to God. Because, you see, it's, it's um, 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 pride is slippery. You don't know when you slip into it. <laughs> you don't know, you know what I'm saying? And so that's why you have to always be exposing yourself to God. You see, God loves, the Bible says, a broken heart and a contrite spirit with the Lord not reject. And you get what I'm saying? God loves it when we are there before Him, when we come before Him. You see, there are some of us that can do all things, do that is good. But there should be time when you come and say, God, for this one, if your faith does not do this one, then I'm doomed. <laughs> I'm doomed. I mean, I'm doomed. If I have a big mess, there are times you have to hold on to God and say, God, for this matter, my, I don't have the strength for it. For this, I cannot do it. There are times I, I just talk to the Lord. I, I, I have that me and God time. Now, now we are going to, yes, we have to pray it talk, to pray it talk without God. We can declare at every time. But you know, there are times when I can't just pray it talk. Yeah. I can't declare it. <laughs> and that time I do me and God's time. So what is it? God, see this matter. I'll tell you, this is how I feel about it. This is what, on my own strength, too, I can do. I can't even do this. See, this is what I want. When I, sometimes I'll take time, talk, 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 and talk, and talk, and talk. When I finish talking, I say, well, I've been saying what I can do. But now you just do what you can do. Now, do you know God loves it? He loves it. That's an act of reverence. You're telling God, I'm bare before you. I'm naked before you. God likes it when we, when, when we show ourselves as without you, Lord, I'm nothing. Without you, see, if you, if without you, I'm dead. Without you, I'm doomed. Lord, without you, man, this thing is going to be a big mess. Without you, my Lord is going, my life is going to get messed up. It's not an act of faithlessness. It's the height of trust. Lord, I'm just, I'm just saying, at this point, I can't go further. At this point, I can't do anything. At this point, I don't know what next to do. Now, amplify, showing your showing your, your weakness to God is not an act of lack of faith. It's actually a reverence for Him. Show telling Him that He is your God. You see, when the children of Israel were in between the Sea of Reed and uh, the Egyptian army, they can't go into four. Um, I don't want to go into it and analyze these four, uh, uh, four different camps that came up. One of them said, ah, uh, now we have to stand and fight. It's better to die as free men than to go back as slaves. Another said, 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 ah, let us just stand and pray. Let us pray. See, on this matter, there's nothing we can do. We don't know what to do. Let us keep praying. While we are praying, if they come and kill us, they kill us. Uh, let us pray. Um, another said, said, uh, now as it is, we have to go back to Egypt. See, we were all slaves. We will always be slaves. Let us go back. Let us go back to Egypt. You know, it's better to go back and be alive than to die for nothing. And you get what I'm saying? And then um, I think the fourth set, I can't remember precisely what they said, but I think that they said they wanted to, or let's, 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 
Kavya before sex and then memory. It's a memory. Now that's the worst set. <laughs> that set is called the set of indecision. You know, one, one of the things that memory does is one of the uh, reasons, the major reason for complaint that memory is when you are indecisive and when you are confused. If you know what to do, you won't mumble. If you know what to do, you won't complain. So it's only complaint. And, and the complaint, the complaint now uh, uh, magnifies the same blaming Moses. <laughs> and then they looked at Moses you are the cause of all our problems. Why did you bring it up? Why did you bring this up? Now I think that's the worst amongst all of them. Although all of that cases were wrong, all of that decisions were wrong. But this decision was the wrongest of the wrong. Amen. But you see, when every of these came, imagine Moses standing and he's just so suddenly four factions. One people that came out suddenly. They broke up. I know human beings are good at taking factions when they want to do the wrong thing. They are very good. Just bring, just bring out something wrong. You see how people can be cooperative. When it's the right cause, oh, there's trouble. When wrong cause, they will fraction themselves so quickly and then they will start cooperating in their factions. Most is just that was looking. What is happening? Is it the same people that came out that sought in the, They have had four factions before leaders. See, four. This is not political parties now. They already have four presidents under the leadership of Moses. What nation with four, four presidents? Why am I still alive? I'm here and helping. And that says, and Moses did what? He cried unto God. He didn't come and say, Oh, I decree and declare. In that, he didn't tell them to stop praying. In that, he didn't say, Stop praying. You see, he didn't address their issues. What did he do? He went to reveal his weakness to God and authority. Are you getting me? He revealed his weakness to God. Now, some of the times, most of us are good at addressing issues. Now, if you want to address four divisions of that kind, where do we start from? No, where do we start from? If you're going to tell those who are praying, stop praying. I'm the prophet here. I'm, 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 the, I'm the man of God here. I'm the one to do you, do, do you. Have you been hearing God before? I'm the one that has been hearing God since so wait, let me pray. Those want to say, you are hearing God, and you want us to listen to God. I mean, we tell you hearing God, and now it's time for us to hear God ourselves. Then he starts talking to those who, who uh, were born and say, shut up, why are you born and say, why don't you come up? It's not your brother's here. If he tells us that I want to fight, say, ah, who told you you can fight? He said, okay, you can, you fight for us. I don't Say, okay, they want to go back to sleep. They say, How can you be thinking of going back to sleep? They say, I knew that brought up with you. And can you take us to promise land? So, <laughs> looking at the critical situation, his only solution was to do was to go bare before God. And this is the first aspect of what they see calling bare before God. And you get what I'm saying? Bare before God. And when you do that, you cannot trust, you cannot have full pride in Him. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And this is what we must do to reverence God. Second Corinthians 12 verse 19. Sorry, Second Corinthians 12 verse 19 says, And he said unto me, This is when Paul the apostle prayed to the Lord, but asked him to remove the point of flesh from him three times. And the Lord said, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul was, was priding on his weakness. See, how was he priding on By telling the Father about the weakness. He says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. You see that? 
I will glory. The glory there means I will boast. I will make proud. I will glory in my infirmities. Why do I glory? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. So he said that his glory in his infirmity gives room for the power of Christ to rest upon him. So that means that the power of Christ will not rest on us when we don't glory in our infirmities. And how do we glory in our infirmities? By presenting them to God. This is what he did. He presented three times I besought the Lord. He didn't come and say, I am Apostle Paul. See, I am an eloquent teacher of the word of God. I stayed in the last course for three years and I know Jesus like Romans. Forget nothing is the apple. No matter how this thought comes, I am more than this. He didn't tell me that he said, You can go to Israel. When he came to that matter, he didn't preach religious for the teaching to himself. He went to the camp before God. He, he gloried in his eternity. My brothers, there are times when we can preach religion for the teaching to ourselves. But there are times when we we'll drop it in one place and say, Lord, it's time to glory in my let me show you how this thing is doing. Lord, this is what I'm going through. This is how I feel. This is how this thing is, Lord. I am bare. I'm just exposing it. I know when we begin to do that, God begins to say, This one sees me as a source. This one sees me as a strength. You see, after it, the Lord told me, God, my grace is sufficient for me. He then said, This one sees me as somebody that has this grace supplier. And then what happened? Says that the power of Christ is rest upon us. The power of Christ rests upon us when we glory into, when we pride into, when we and that little pride and glory is by what revealing our weaknesses to God. As we grow by the day, weaknesses will come. Are you know what I'm saying? Weaknesses will come. It may be bodily weaknesses to be mental weaknesses to be weaknesses one way or the other, but they will come up. They will come up. I have mine, you have yours. My brother. I think you should stop talking to people about your weakness. You should stop even giving it as prayer requests to people. Present it. Glory in it. Present it. And you know what? Don't stop presenting it. I get what I'm saying. Because the more you present it, the more what happens, the power of Christ rests upon you. And one day you just see that that weakness is no longer existing again. And you have become more powerful. I get what I'm saying. Alright, Philippians 3 verse 3 says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Have no what? Confidence in the flesh. Absolute confidence in Christ. No confidence in the flesh. Modesty is that. This is some of us that do not understand modesty in this life. And I know. Modesty is the ability to have zero confidence in yourself and in your flesh. You can see that even the little confidence you have is actually no confidence because you are actually relegating your confidence to God in the place of prayers. Zero confidence in the flesh. Zero confidence in your abilities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The little you have is actually releasing it to the Lord. So I'm saying you have confidence in yourself. How do you actually have confidence in yourself? By continuously releasing your Telling God the things that you see that really I, I can't handle. The things that you say, God, they are, they are difficult. The things that I say, God, they are, they are looking impossible. Keep, you just keep telling God about them. I get what I'm saying. I, I, I get it. And this is what it means to serve God with reverence. This is what it means to serve God with reverence. Modesty. Zero confidence in the soul. Zero confidence in the soul. Now, by the privilege of God's grace, I've been. Um, Bring to the word study 
and you know, I was still in the teaching ministry for for years, uh, for years. Amen. Uh, then back, you know, uh, uh, many years, I started you know, teaching the word of God. But to date, I don't go without preparation, except it's an impromptu one that was because I get up saying. But if I have a meeting, I, I must prepare. I just have to prepare. <laughs> Why? Because I have zero confidence in my flesh. Even in the Bible scriptures, I know I have zero, <laughs> I have zero confidence in them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Zero confidence. My confidence is absolutely in God. And that is what modesty is all about. I prepare the teachings. That's modesty. You have to keep on what? Trusting and having confidence in God. That's modesty. The day you stop having confidence in God, you're no longer living a modest life. And you know what? When you have absolute confidence in God within, you know it will show without. It will show the way you live your life. People will see you and know that this world, uh -uh, this world has a relationship with God. Zero confidence in the flesh. That is modest. Zero confidence in the flesh. That is modest. Absolute confidence in God. That is modesty. Rather put, absolute faith in God. That's modesty. And that's why it is the way we serve Him what? With reverence. Because it's impossible to serve God in reverence without what? Having absolute confidence in Him. For some of us this year, God is going to be, let me use the word, stretching our faith. He's going to be taking us to levels that are higher than us. For somebody I see you, God is taking you from level one and he's taking you on a leap to level six. And you see, you are jumping, I'm just you jumping stages. Now, and for you, you, you can't even believe it's going to happen. I get what I'm saying? And for you, you are not even qualified for that job. The Lord will have me tell you zero confidence in your flesh. Absolute confidence in me, says the Spirit of God. He says, when the sight begins to come, do not look at yourself. Do not look at your qualifications. He says, the blessing, just like a move from level four to level six, it will be a giant leap. Because says, as you keep telling me you are incapable, you will keep seeing my strength being available, my grace being sufficient. And my power released, and then your confidence in me will move you to that level, says the Spirit of God. Now, so first modesty is what? Zero confidence in the flesh. My brothers and my sisters, you are, that is how to serve God reverence reverence. Zero confidence in my abilities. Zero confidence in my abilities. Zero confidence in my capabilities. Zero confidence in my flesh. Flesh equals that zero confidence. Praise God for Number two. We are talking about uh, the second uh, aspect is external man. We dealt with external man as we go to external. External means uh, the uh, the second one is wear clothing that not show too much of your body. This is a very serious and controversial issue in the Church of Jesus. Amen to Jesus. And when I said, "Oh my God, what is this kind of trouble? What trouble is this?" If I have now, I can run away from teaching about modesty. Amen. But you can't run. We can't keep running. We have to teach you. Can you get what I'm saying? Praise God for all. Now, so, like we said, there's an internal part and external. We must take you to that when it's a holistic. Praise God for all. Now, addressing speaks volume of our inner person and is a reflection of who we are on the inside. That's the truth. I get what I'm saying. 
you can't you can't separate it. You can't separate it. Now the lady who told me uh, that church, that denomination of attending, they are not holy. And the ones that are attending is holy. Because those ones did not wear trousers. The ones she attended did not wear trousers. But the one that attended, they wear trousers. And in the bus, in the bus she was wearing trousers. So in church she's holy. Outside church she's what? Or is, so sometimes some of these people live this kind of life and they don't say, Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Now, and it also because, you see, it, it, it comes from inside out. The inside, the modesty is not there. So it reflects on the outside. Praise God forevermore. Now, when modesty is the hallmark of our dressing, it reveals to a good extent who we are on the inside. Are you getting me? When modesty is the hallmark of our dressing, to a good extent, it reveals who we are on the inside. I'm not saying it reveals totally. That's why I said it has to be holistic. Inside and outside. There are people who have chosen outside and rejected inside. And there are some people who have chosen inside and rejected outside. This is the, uh, that is what the dilemma that we are having in the church of Jesus today. We have the two really prevailing. But you see, that both, both choices are wrong. It has to be in, it has to be the two. Praise God forevermore. On the subject of modesty in dressing, Apostle Paul and Peter respectively address the women in church. Yeah, they address the women in church. Now, uh, this is not because the men are excluded, are we getting it? Uh, but because the women get the focus, because of the way God created them. Somebody said, and David said, uh, is this uh, uh, what the people are uh, praise you a lot and fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody said, but the men God made them fearfully and the women made them wonderfully made. <laughs> Amen to Jesus. Praise God. I know, uh, let, me, let me put it like God first made Adam. First made Adam. And that was the one who received all the, you know, the 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 the, 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 the hand of God, branching the clay, arranging the clay, so there were a lot of hard movements on Adam's body. As I said, the baby God is muscular, so many hard movements. What well, that God had to form it from the dust, form me, form me, form me. So when you see the male figure, you see formation. Amen. You see formation. You see formation. To the bicep, the tricep, those are not going to be. You see, see, you see formation. Are you know what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. But the female, the female, it um, was God caused Adam to see. You see, it was in a calm environment. God was not, that means what? God was not forming again. God, it was a calm environment. God caused Adam to see and he took the rib from him and he named the woman, you know. So, you see, with the rib, for Adam, no, God used raw material of clay to make Adam, but from it, the it was the raw material of being. Amen. He made us. So, that is a, so the, the females have this attraction. They have the attraction in their build up. Praise God, friend of all. The, the women have the attraction in their build up. Praise God. That's why it looks like when it comes to the subject of dressing, the focus is always on it. It's not that the men don't have an issue. Amen. Today, I see some of the ways of men dress and like, what's the problem? You know, I didn't even say. So that they don't have an issue, they have an issue, but you see, the women have the attention and it's such a blessing for them to get what? The attention of both heaven and the Bible speaking, it says um, the sons of uh, sorry, the sons of God saw the daughters of men and what did they do? He said they admired them and they came down to do what? To have what intercourse with them. And then that was when they gave them to 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 to, to giants. Praise God for That's to tell you how attractive. The female folks are they not only attracted to physical beings, they're attracted to spiritual beings. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise 
Lord. So that's why the attention is so much on them. So it's not like they are victims. Are you getting me? And we say a lot of the times people want to victimize victims in the church, but victims are not victims. They are a great asset to the church of Jesus. Are we together? But it's because of the wonderful nature of the creation. That's why they have so much attention. All right, so uh, 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 in 1 Timothy 2, verse 9, Paul addressed the women on the priority they should place while dressing and in dressing. Are we together? Now, uh, uh, we're going to be uh, reading this 1 Timothy 2, verse 9 from uh, different translations. But you see, this, if you look at this different translation, if you look at the verse from the King James, you discover that this verse was actually talking about priority in dressing. When I was looking up into there, I was like, I've, read, I've heard it before, I've read it before, but you see, one of the things that God does to you when you are preparing your teaching is that you begin to see the greater light. I discovered that this was actually, Paul was going to Timothy on uh, priority in dressing. In dressing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright, if you look at the King James, it says, in like manner also that women adorn themselves with modest apparel. Apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. We hear shamefacedness. Some of us are like, wow, so they should have shameful face, but that's what it means. It says, not with brilliant, brilliant hair, or gold, or pearls, or coffee. And it's very simple. I've said yes. And what Paul is saying here is that, you see, what is apparel? And they should be shamefacedness. You see, they, they should be, they should, their faces should be gloomy and gloomy. You understand? Say, God, this has to be shamefacedness. Shamefacedness. <laughs> and then you say, No, don't brush your hair, don't brush your hair, don't brush your hair, don't brush your hair. Oh, don't wear gold, don't wear gold, don't wear gold, don't wear pearls, and don't wear costly arrays. So your attires have to be, your have to be modest apparel. As much as most of you you can buy pendant, uh, it's okay. Yes, but what? It has to be what? See, cheap, modest, not expensive. If it's not expensive, that means it has to be what? Chief, you know, you don't people are very extremists. They won't even tell you should be, they will tell you it's less expensive. And that's what Chief Prince got rid of all. But you see, that's what the King James does. Let's look at the language of the Zimbabwe. He says, and that women be dressed, be dressed in simple clothing, simple clothing, amen, with a quiet and serious air. With a quiet and serious air. Now, looking at these statements, you can be able to understand what was happening over there. Um, in, what was happening there. If he talks about a um, um, quiet and serious thing, it means that number one, they were charlatans. They were very charged, they were charlatans. You know, having come to some church, they're like, as they're coming to church, and the service is going on like this. Princess, 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 princess. The pastor is preaching. I'm like, so that means they 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 need what? They need a quiet and serious. They should be serious for once. They should try to be serious. I you know what I'm saying. It says, not be twisted hair and gold or jewels or robes or papers. So it meant that in that time, they were actually going to do competition and fashion show in church. You know, it's, it's not new. This is not new. You know, this is. I remember the time when you read the eight thing that was in church, there was the big clothes that people bring to church every, every Sunday. Every Sunday, you have to show off your new clothes. So it was a short scene. And Paul, that Timothy, please, please tell it to me. We're not going to do show off each other. We're not going 
that is with them. They are carrying, they are importing that they are showmanship into church. No, 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 that's not what we are doing here. We will dress with modesty here. And you get what I'm saying? And not only here, everywhere they go, they should try to be married. You, know? you went into dress as no man. No, 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 please. Take it easy, take it easy. And you get what I'm saying? Isn't it? says, also, I want the women to wear proper clothes. Proper clothes. Proper clothes. Now, that means they are wearing proper clothes. And you get what I'm saying? He said, uh, the King James says that we call that, and he said, he says, proper clothes. Women should not wear clothes that do not, women should wear clothes that do not show their bodies too much. And that is, they should be sure of what they brought too much. Face you show. <laughs> Face you show. And hands can show. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are some part of the legs can show, at least the hair, your feet. Not that, he's not saying we should become a masculine. Are you getting what I'm saying? But let it not show too much. Not the one that we start causing problems for angels. For, for spirit beings. It that you are more complicated in life of men than you are not complicated in lives of spirit beings. Amen. So the woman should not wear clothes that cause other people to be ashamed about. And you see that the woman should not wear clothes to cause other people to be ashamed. I remember once I was in a banking hall and, and while we were all waiting for uh, uh, the queue. A lady just came, she was inside the bank, she was, uh, I think, uh, trying to do transaction time, and she just came. See the way she was dressed, everybody, you know, I just thought that, uh, I could see that everybody that was looking at her, even the guys that, you know, they want to admire such nonsense, you see that they were looking with disgust. Because they're like, ah, please, if you want to sell, it's not a bank now. You can go outside and sell. You know, you know what I'm saying? Now, so, there, there are dresses that will make people ashamed of you. If you're not ashamed, they will, they will help you to be ashamed. You know what I'm saying? So we're saying that don't wear those confidence that will make people to be ashamed for you. Since you're no longer ashamed. Amen. Says women should not do their hair in an expensive way that takes a lot of time. I like the way the easy English renders it. In an expensive way that takes a lot of time. The time we are supposed to use, um, like, like somebody said, somebody said, ah, the woman of my pastors then was written to me, was like, you, you say, sometimes those are ladies. They sit down. They start weaving the hair. They give it for a full day. They don't finish it. They go and continue the next day. He said, I think it was a lady. asked her, how many days used to weave this your hair? He told him, I said, what? So how many days have you prayed? And then he said, when they finish it, they will still complain. Ah, headache. He said, ah, the devil can slap you at that point in time. He can give you a headache because the time you have used to invest in something that you will still lose him. So that big the time you have used to develop yourself. And as a woman of God, I knew once, at one time, she started cutting her hair. Her schedule became too tight that she didn't even have time for her. She started cutting. But it's a, you see, it amazes me how people that are supposed to be washed fruitful with their time will use the time, will use the time to go and, to go and invest into, you know, her. And at the end of the day, they cannot tell what investment to do for them. Praise God for more. It says, now should they wear gold or beautiful stones or expensive clothes? You see, wearing these things are not bad, but when they become the priority of dressing, that means you, you went to, so they, as you are coming, people look at you. Then there's a problem. And it says, women for their part should display their beauty by dressing modestly and decently in appropriate clothes. Appropriate clothes. Amen. Not with elaborate hairstyles. Or by wearing gold pearls or expensive. So it's another was you should this is the way you should display your beauty. How do you display your beauty? 
modest and decent appropriate clothes not with are you getting me so the way to display your beauty is modesty not by not you don't display your beauty by what elaborate hairstyle it's not by wearing gold and pearls and expensive clothes so that's why you display your beauty that will say favor is deceit and beauty is favor you want to appear in love but she shall be praised if you carry all those things and at the end of the day internally you are not you you want them to they will shape up the hair for you you will discover that you will sell the goods to get value at the end of the day. Are you know what I'm saying? Are we together? Alright, NHEB says, in the same way, women also adorn themselves in decent clothing with modesty and propriety. Not just, you see that? Not just with, not just with brilliant hair, gold, pearls, or expensive. You see, women who invest into those things, watch it, they have an internal deficit. All their investment goes into this. Is what did they have an internal deficit? I heard a story about a particular guy uh, who asked about that. More people, do you like it? He said, Yes. Are you sure you love me? Say yes. He said, But why is it that you love your room? He said, Why do you love your room? He said, Because of my jewelries and that. He said, No. So, why is it that you love your room so that the house help will not go and steal your jewelries, but you abandon me with the asset? So with <laughs> and the jewelry is who you love for. The mother was confused for what Not just with real beauty is not in the display of superficials. I you not saying real beauty is what is in Esther Hadassah was the example. WEB in the same way that women also adorn themselves in decent clothing with modesty and variety, not just note with braids. Gold pearls or expensive clothing. These are not meant to be our emphasis. Modesty is to be, and Esther was the story that, that makes us see this. Praise God forevermore. So the focus of dressing should be what? Modesty or proper or decent or simple apparel of clothing. Are you getting to say? Modest, proper, decent, or simple apparel of clothing. Make it simple. Know that the height of excellence is simplicity. The truth is that the most expensive are the most simple. Are you getting what I'm saying? The height of excellence is simple. I believe so much in simplicity. Don't crowd it. Who is looking at you? Number two, we, uh, we should wear clothes that do not show your body parts too much. Is that too much? That means you show some, but not too much. Face you show. At least. Raise that hand, you should. Are you not saying? Uh -huh. But not too much. Not the one that you don't need a scanner again, you can do everything. Are you not saying? Don't show too much. Don't show too much. Don't put angels, uh, spirit beings in trouble and destroy the destinies of the humans. And then number three, do not dress in the way that makes others ashamed of you. That fellow will see and say, ah, what is the matter? Why are you embarrassing us? You know, it was asked that some of the time see the ways of some ladies to dress and elderly women will come and give them countries and they help us. <laughs> it's, it's all of us you are you are you are disgracing. It's all of us that you are putting to shame help us. I cannot say. And then the focus of your dressing should not just be the running of your hair, gold, pearls, or expensive dressing. You see, one of the things I've learned in life is that people find solace in the irrelevant things when they are irrelevant in life. I've noticed that. 
If you do that, some of those who are not fulfilled in life, they start investing their resources into clothing, cars. I was, I was watching uh, a Christian program, and the guy was saying he discovered that he was empty in life. And then he was a contractor. He achieved his first goal. I think he built a house, he got a car, and all that. But he saw that after achieving that goal, he became more empty. So he said, decided to buy, build more, buy more, build more houses for himself, buy more cars. And the more he built, the more he bought, the more he was what? Getting empty and empty. Investing into all these things could be a key sign of emptiness. What are you doing with 25 researches? I wonder what is the problem. And each of them is down on, you say you use how many, the money used to buy this one is what you used to send a full community, the only children there to school. Ah, brother, there's a problem there. You have a challenge. Deal with it. It's an emptiness. I hear what I'm saying. It's a pure golden ring. I, I, I think it was, it was a man of God said somebody said we're going to give him a gold ring worth 250,000 dollars or what? I said, what am I saying? He said, what am I using it for? Carry on, go out. But some people say, yes, thank you, God bless you. God, oh, wow. It's so, 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 and this kind of, your sense of, your sense of emptiness is deep on the inside. Pairs are wearing precious stone. That precious stone, that is what they used to build a house. Why are you not putting it? In the future, it's what they used to build it. It's what they used to build foundation. <laughs> so why are you putting it as a something special? If you are living with the mindset of the new Jerusalem, my brother, those things you are putting and tying your, your expensiveness to it, you know that that's not this foundation. Like I heard this story of how somebody came to heaven and they said he brought. One of the directors said to the director, what to say? What are you guys? I brought something for you. So what Peter has what did you bring for me? So I brought plenty for you. Is that a quota? Quota? Is that what to bring here? This is what we used to bring the streets of. So we should understand this. Praise God for God. So the focus of dressing should not be bringing, bringing your hair, gold pearls, or expensive money. So somebody said somebody was talking to us and they said, um, somebody used 1,200 euros to buy shit. He bought like seven. I don't want to find it. Now, if you saw that as a symptom, you don't pay for the We're telling you to use that money now. To go, even later, to go back, my brother, there, there's enough, there's enough mystery work to do. I have many things to do with money. I'll use 1,000 euros to buy share. So, and the point is that when they make the fake, you will not be able to differentiate into a customer or register. So, what's the problem? This and the protocols and the priority of dressing. Praise God. Are we together? Now, when this priority is put in place, we discover that your life is going to be reverencing God. It's going to be reverencing God. Are we together? Amen. Now, when this is the way of dressing, God is reverencing. 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 And we talked about the female folks majorly, but it also applies to the male. Are you getting what I'm saying? It applies to the male. We need to reverence God in our dressings. Amen to Jesus. Now, what does it mean to live a modest life? To live a modest life entails letting your moderation known to all men. Letting your moderation do what? Known to all men. Do not keep it secret or be hypocritical about it. Are we together? That's to say, to be modest in some places and not modest in other places. Like I told you, the lady who in church, she does say she doesn't wear trousers, but in the bus she was wearing trousers. 
uh, and that is not the sign of as to an audience. If you are honest, it's your contribution will be known to all them. It must be public wherever you are, everywhere you are. I am not saying. Make your modesty public and let it go viral. Let it go what? Viral. Let it go viral. Let it go viral. One of the things we thank God for is that when you go to our, on our Facebook page, you don't see anything that is beyond modesty, especially dressing and the way we portray our lives. I am not saying. We don't, we, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to show the people where I've been to, where I've visited. Um, um, so, one of our preaching was, and he said, Some of you, the problem is camera, camera. So, the extent that you pitch your picture, so the extent that anywhere you go, anywhere you go, selfie. So, the extent that when people see you, they can't run away from you. So, did you hear the story of the girl who was taking a selfie at the beach and the shark came out and hit her? I cannot say, We just want to show whether I'm at the beach, I'm at the mall, I'm at the place. I just came to America, I'm at Taiwan. Please, you can you can spend with those information. I get what I'm saying. Modesty everywhere you go, praise God forevermore. So let it go viral. Amen. When this is done, you serve God with reverence. You serve God with reverence. To give you a number verse five. He says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation be known. Let it be something that you publicize. Let your dressing speak of your moderation. Let your lifestyle speak of your moderation. And you may not see. Now, and one of the challenges that uh, people have had because they, can just, they cannot believe that we are this straight and simple. Are you getting me? But I believe in the simplicity of life and in the straightness of life. Let everybody know it. Let the person that encountered you 10 years ago, and you may not see, be able to say the same thing. Ten years after, that this person is modest. I trust the Lord that this one has helped us because when we live in modesty, when we live in moderation, we are actually serving the Lord with reverence. You have never done the sound of my voice. You don't make Jesus a Lord Christmas Savior. You want to do that prayer and I call you to do it. Just say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and resurrected for me. On Calvary Street, you share your blood to give me my sins. Jesus, today, has rendered my life to you. I make you my Lord and personal Savior. Because you died for me and resurrected for me, I choose to live for you. Because you chose me, I choose to serve and follow the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for everyone who has made this prayer. Thank you for receiving them in the middle. Thank you for granting them the grace to serve and follow the days of their lives. Be glorified forever, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to pray one prayer and we call it close for today. I will pray, dear Abba Father, I receive and maximize grace from you to serve you modestly in Jesus' name. Open your mouth and pray. Oh, dear Abba Father, I receive and maximize grace from you to serve you modestly in the name of the Lord Jesus.